This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Apparently ride their bikes naked down main thoroughfares while uh, children watch. Uh, A month is not enough for uh, people to highlight uh, their sin in such a way as to make even the most hardened sailor blush? No, no. Uh, uh, now, uh, we're, we're going to extend it to the summer of pride. So, uh, I am ever more uh, excited about leaving for the next few weeks uh, because it, it, it never ends. Uh, pretty soon it's going to be the year of pride, then we go on to the decade, then the century, and so on. Eventually, uh, scientists everywhere will wonder how the human race reproduced when everyone is uh, of the homosexual persuasion. I know. We're going to get to that. Uh, it's, they're already trying to erase women. They're already trying to erase uh the biological singularity that is a woman and her ability to give birth. Now, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter anymore. I know we've talked about this over and over again, but we keep talking about it because the other side doesn't stop. The things we're warning about, what, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, saying, hey, uh, they're, they're targeting children. They're trying to groom children, even, even people who listen to this program. Oh, Brother Mike, we can't, we can't condemn and judge them that harshly. Maybe they still have a conscience. Well, guess what? Uh, I have an article we're going to get into. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where this was. Oh, yes, New York City. Uh, drag marchers chant, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. But, you know, we're the ones that exaggerate. We're, we're just being hyperbolic. They just want to live their lives. They just want to do what they do behind closed doors. The clothes aren't, doors aren't closed, are they? It's not as though it's secretive anymore. And their agenda is no longer a secret either. Understand that this is a mental illness with a sexual component. Yes, they are targeting children. And so, because children, innocent children, are their target, any company, it doesn't matter who it is, whether Disney or Target or Bud Light or North Face, that aids and abets this sort of behavior needs to be bankrupted. They need to go away. It's all right. I'll go kill a bear and wear the fur. I don't need North Face. Not that I own North Face. That's the other thing. I read an article this morning in Chicago. Uh, some uh, newly arrived uh, best and brightest. Uh, the, the, the people that make diversity sing. Uh, they just robbed the Ralph Lauren store uh, in, in Chicago. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm sitting here wearing George. All right? I'm, I'm decked out in George. And, and these people aren't even here for a week, and they're 
first stop is Ralph Lauren. Maybe I should just up my game a little bit. I don't know. It, it's, it's polyfiber. George doesn't make cotton. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's itchy and it feels like you're wearing plastic. But still, you can't beat $3.99 for a shirt. That saying, uh, they're not robbing Walmarts of George products, are they? So uh, they just need some clothes, man. They're naked migrants that came here for a better life. Well, apparently you got good taste, too. Because you're robbing the Ralph Lauren. Anyway, let's get back to uh, our, our intrepid admiral, uh, the individual who is the assistant secretary of health for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, you understand that by the leadership choices uh, this administration has made, that there is no hope to pull this thing out of the nosedive that it's in. I know you're thinking to yourself, but what about the Phoenix? The Phoenix is ashes at this point. Let's be honest. The party never stops, Admiral Rachel Levine declares. This is now the summer of pride. A month is not enough. How could it be? Soon enough, a summer won't be enough. Because, hey, Admiral Rachel, Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary of Health for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, uh, his name was uh, Roger before or something. I don't know. It's name. I, I did name somebody. Now pretty soon they're going to knock on my door and arrest me. I'll be gone. I'll be in Europe. So if uh, my brother tells me that I, I am being sought out for the high crime of calling a man a man, uh, I, I, I may stay a little longer than I planned. Just saying. I know. We're not there yet, Mike. The operative word is yet. The way this is going, how long do you think it will be before people get arrested for calling a man a man? Not going along with the, the, the delusion and the insanity. But Admiral Rachel Levine has declared as uh, Pride Month is coming to an end, that it should be a summer of pride. Because, you know, when can you ever say enough of naked men riding bicycles in Seattle or, or bearded fellows in dresses yelling, we're coming for your kids? I mean, this, this, this should be a nonstop, like Disneyland. It should never close. It should never stop. Because we keep just, just pouring upon ourselves the wrath of God until the point where eh, even, even the godless go, yeah, it's, it's about time for fire and brimstone. It, it, it's about time. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy Summer Pride. Or Summer of Pride. Admiral Levine's Biden's assistant secretary for health says, happy pride summer. The admiral, who is a transgender, posted the message on the official Instagram account. The reason I have a problem with this is because had a Christian official posted on the official government account only Jesus saves 
you'd have people going apoplectic. You'd have people lighting themselves on fire. How dare you talk about Jesus on an official government Instagram account? But here's this thing posting on the official Health and Human Services Instagram account. Happy Pride Summer, because a month just ain't enough. Nobody says anything. See, that, that, that's, that's my problem. Look, you're not going to save the whole world. I'm not trying to save the world. I preach the gospel of Christ. I'm throwing out a life raft. I'm throwing out a, a, you know, a lifeline. And if anyone wants to grasp it, by all means. But when you have an entire government apparatus celebrating, validating, uh, encouraging, financially sponsoring this sort of perversion while at the same time that same government apparatus is going after people who, who believe in God, who believe in Christ, who follow morality, who are law-abiding citizens by the, the definition of, of their being, then yes, I have a problem with that. Like, we've been silent for so long, we don't understand how rapidly things are deteriorating. Some people don't want to look. Some people don't care. Some people are still waiting for the Jesus bus because, hey, we're getting close to tribulation, and you know what? We're not supposed to be here for that kind of stuff. So everything is, is, is coming together in a, in a very negative fashion because a lot of people that don't believe they're supposed to be here and don't care what happens to the world are going to be shocked out of their shoes when the things that Jesus spoke about begin to unfold in this world. Pride Month originally began as a commemoration of the Stonewall Riots of late June 1969, when activists rioted against police raids on the Stonewall Pub, where homosexual men had been known to congregate and meet. That was 1969. We're in 2024. That's what, 50... We're not in 2024, are we? Oh my, I'm looking ahead, aren't I? We're in 2023. Uh, so that's what, 54 years. In 54 years, we went from something being considered a perversion and a mental illness, trying to curb it, to the HHS secretary posting on the government account that a month just ain't enough. Since then, the observance has been extended to a full month of festivities in many American cities and now apparently to the three months of summer, now transitioning to a celebration of alternate sexualities. In 2021, uh, Levine was sworn in as the first openly transgender four-star admiral in the armed forces. Levine has been criticized for controversial views on gender transition, including a refusal to limit gender-affirming drugs and surgery for minors. So you know the kind of diseased mind this individual has. 
This individual is in a position of authority. They're in such a position of authority where they can use government accounts to encourage extending lawlessness from a month a year to three. Why not the full year? Why? And, and I'm sure that, you know, even if they extended to three months, Christmas is still going to be an inconvenience for them, isn't it? You get one day a year to celebrate Jesus. You shouldn't do that. But you're, you're, you're marching around half naked with, with men on leashes, with things that children shouldn't see for a whole month. But your problem is one day when we, we remember the birth of Christ. Got it. And the question still always comes back to this. How did we get here? Well, because of people like uh, our, our aforementioned in, in previous programs, uh, Andy Stanley. Now, Andy Stanley has a problem. Andy Stanley's problem is that the entire Bible has become the church's authority. Because who needs the word of God to understand the mind of God? Just listen to Andy. All you got to do is listen to Andy Stanley and believe when he tells you that transgender folk are, are much better suited for his church than people with children, families. You know, people in monogamous heterosexual uh, relationships, those people, eh, they're for the birds, but hey, give me a dude in a dress. We can work with that. Pardon me while I sip. From my delicious beverage. It, it got cold. I brewed it a while ago. I've been sipping at it, but it's still black. So, you know, silver linings. As North Point Community Church pastor Andy Stanley continues to be embroiled in a series of controversies uh, featuring the revelation of widespread LGBTQ affirming pastors, church leaders, and sentiment within the church. Stanley is going through a sermon series where he outlines the fundamentals of the faith that must be believed to be Jesus' followers. In the seventh installment of his eight-part series, Stanley defends his fundamental list. He compares it to the Apostles' Creed, acknowledging that while the creed, creed may be more theologically robust, it was formulated when the church was sanctioning activities that were unchristlike. Yes, like calling sin, sin. I know. It's not Christ-like to call sin, sin, is what Andy is saying. How dare you? How dare you point out and say, you should not like what God doesn't like. You should hate what God hates. No! That, that, that is just unchristlike. Do you see the level to which men are twisting the gospel? And this guy isn't, isn't just some, some backwoods guy that has three followers on YouTube. This guy pastors a mega church. He's worth millions and millions of dollars. He has, quote-unquote, influence among the spiritual leaders. This is where we are. And I feel as though we've, we've been hammering at this for a very long time. And with each passing day, with each passing week, with each passing month, it just gets a little darker and it just gets a little worse and we're still hammering away at it, seeing no respite. 
And there's always that inclination to stop. Just don't mention it. Don't acknowledge it. Jesus said it would get bad. Let it get bad. But that's not the purpose of a believer. In a world filled with darkness, your purpose is to be light. In a world filled with deception, your purpose is to speak the truth. In a world that has has given itself over to hedonism and perversion, it's your duty to be upright in the sight of God. Stanley's approach is to elevate the red letters, the direct words of Jesus, above other scriptures. He suggests that the church's historical misuse of the Bible for harmful nonsense. Thank you, Andy Stanley. He suggests that the church's historical misuse of the Bible for harmful nonsense nonsense stems from treating Jesus' words as just another verse in the Bible, but equating it with other scriptures. Stanley argued that the problem lies in the church considering the entire Bible as its authority. In his view, it should be Jesus, not the Bible, who is the church's authority. Jesus is the head of the church. The Word of God is our instruction manual. If God wanted just the red letters to be included within Scripture, that's all we would have gotten. All Scripture is beneficial. Not just the one you like, Mr. Stanley. The line of circular reasoning rarely makes sense given that the only trustworthy information we have about Jesus is found in Scripture. He believes this perspective, supposedly held by the first century Judeans, prevented them from misrepresenting Christ. And what in Andy Stanley's interpretation or view is uh, defined as misrepresenting Christ. Calling people to repentance. Telling people that sin kills. Encouraging people to holiness, to righteousness, to sanctification. This man is still called a pastor. People still attend his church. And people still see him as their spiritual leader. Yes, I know, because you've all been wondering, oh, was there a coup in Russia? Look. If the U.S. government got wind of this before they actually started marching, then conspiracy theory hat on, it's likely that the U.S. government tried to give this uh, bald fellow, what's his name, uh, Brigozin, a good chunk of change to take out Putin, and he failed. You don't... You don't start the stealth mission by informing the U.S. government of what you're about to do. 
unless it was the U.S. government that reached out and said, hey, buddy, would you like to make some monies? We know that you are a warlord. We know that you are, uh, you know, for hire. We, we make the hire for you. We, we give you much monies to solve problem for us, huh? And uh, this man realized upon his uh, attempted coup that he wasn't going to succeed, so he, let's just say, shrank back into the shrubs. The whereabouts of mercenary leader Yevgeny Prigozhin remain a mystery Tuesday after Russian President Vladimir Putin once again blasted organizers of a weekend rebellion as traitors who played into the hands of Ukraine's government and its allies. See, Putin, Putin kind of gets what's happening. He, he, he saw the writing on the wall. He understood that this guy didn't just wake up one morning and go, no, nah, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go and attack the guy that's writing my paycheck. They're mercenaries. Mercenaries do atrocious, horrible things for money. But apparently, if they're doing horrible, atrocious things on behalf of our government, then we can look the other way. Hmm? The Kremlin has said Prigozhin would be exiled to neighboring Belarus, but neither he nor the Belarusian authorities have confirmed that. An independent Belarusian military monitoring project, Kiharun, said a business jet that Prigozhin reportedly uses landed near Minsk on Tuesday morning. The media team for Prigozhin, the 62-year-old head of the Wagner private military contractor, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Prigozhin's short-lived insurrection over the weekend has rattled Russia's leadership. Has it, though? Because I understand. They they, kind of quelched it real quick for it to be uh, such a a, a rattling event. Putin, on Monday, sought to project stability and control in a short nationally televised address in which he criticized the uprising's organizers without naming Prigozhin. Uh, I'm sure Prigozhin's second or third in command uh, is likely going to either go to Siberia for a very long time or... uh, face a firing squad because uh, Prigozhin is going to give him up and uh, he's going to come to heel now. He's going to do as he's told because he realized that uh, you can't spend money when you're dead. That's uh, you know a good rule of thumb. He also praised Russian unity in the face of the crisis as well as rank-and-file Wagner fighters for not letting the situation descend into major bloodshed. Earlier in the day, Prigozhin defended his actions in a defiant audio statement. He again taunted the Russian military, but said he hadn't been seeking to stage a coup against Putin. Uh-huh. In another show of stability and control, the Kremlin on Monday night showed Putin meeting with top security, law enforcement, and military officials, including Defense Minister Sergei Shoyu whom Prigozhin had sought to remove. Power plays are power plays. Sometimes they succeed, sometimes they don't. Now, I know everyone in this administration was very excited for it to succeed, but never once did they query 
yes, I used the word query, who exactly would replace uh, the evil Vladimir Putin if he got taken out by Prigozhin? Because uh, if Prigozhin had his eyes on uh, being defense minister, I guarantee you his aspirations uh, didn't hit, hit any ceiling beyond that. If the opportunity arose, he would have taken it. And if you read up on this guy, because again, I do my homework. I know no staff writers, no no people, uh, you know, doing homework on my behalf. Little old me. Yet. I know what this guy is capable of because of some of the things he said. Disagreed with Putin on the level of violence that was being perpetrated in Ukraine. Not that it was too much, but that it wasn't enough. In his estimation, this should have been over the first week with a lot more dead bodies. So if you want a guy like that, having control of the nuclear arsenal of Russia, by all means. We're bound to see a mushroom cloud sooner or later. I know I have plans to go, you know, visit Europe for six weeks, but hey, when it's your time, it's your time. I wouldn't begrudge God. The propaganda is only going to get worse. We've seen it. We're going to hear fanciful stories about how everyone's on the ropes, everyone's close to exhaustion. Putin is a day away from throwing in the towel and surrendering to the Hague court. And yet, a guy who runs a mercenary outfit couldn't make enough headway, and so he decided to cry uncle. I don't know about you, but it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't feel right. And the fact that the U.S. government knew about this attempted coup before it took place tells me that it wasn't uh, Prigozhin who picked up the phone and said, Hello, Mr. Biden. Am I interrupting your eating of the ice cream? No? Oh, he, they, they just changed your diaper. It's very good. Uh, I am planning on taking out Putin. That didn't happen. Now, I do see somebody, I don't know, maybe at state, picking up a phone, maybe a nav sat, sat nav. I know. See, I'm not dyslexic, but I pretend. Um, and going, hey, we have some money for you. And of course, being a mercenary, he goes, how much money? And the voice said, very much money. What must I do for it? Oh, you know, what you do. Okay, I will try. He tried. He failed. Let that sink in. Now, back to uh, the ever-tolerant individuals who mocked and laughed when people go, they're targeting kids. LGBT activists, annual drag march on Friday in New York City. Mm-hmm. shouted a troubling message regarding children across the nation. As Pride Month comes to a close, 
The participants marched through Tompkins Square Park in the East Village while chanting, the New York Post reported Saturday. Well, Admiral Levine just swooped in and go, no, no, don't give up. We're going to make it a summer now. So put your high heels back on, girls. Go buy some more of that paint you used to cover up the fact that you're a dude and get back out there and start priding. Video footage shows the flamboyantly dressed crowd moving through the area and a woman among the group appeared to be topless. But was it really a woman? Aww. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children, some of those in the crowd shouted. Another video shows marchers with a banner that reads Drag March as the crowd filled the streets. The march came to an end at Stonewall Inn, located in Greenwich Village, whose website says it is where pride began. Well, at least God has a target. Huh? Nothing like painting a bullseye right on your forehead. This this is where it started. Well, there you go. And that's when it'll finish. Meanwhile, social media users responded to the initial video, one person writing, and they say, we're not coming for your children. That's what they said. They're not saying that anymore, are they? Because they have the full backing and consent of government entities, local and federal. Hmm? In July 2021, it was reported that the San Francisco Homosexual Men's Chorus unpublished a music video where singers promised to convert children to their LGBT ideology. You see how long it took to add how many more letters? QIA plus. Plus is not a letter, but still. So it took what? From July 2021 to 2023, that's two years to add three letters. How many more ladders are going to be in this thing in two more years? Huh? Two years, three letters. It was LGBT. Now, eh, eh, not enough. QIA plus plus. L double double G, whatever. Lyrics to the song include, you think we're sinful. No, we know you're sinful. There's no thought about it. It's proven. Anyway, back to the lyrics. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. Perversion is not a right. Grooming children is not a right. Targeting children is not a right. It's a crime, you pedophilic perv. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. No, not frightened. Disgusted, sure. Frightened, no. There's, there's no fright here. There's anger. There's resentment. There's disgust. But not fright. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. It's funny. <laughs> Just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. It happens bit by bit. Quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep him from disco, warn about San Francisco, make him wear pleated pants. We don't care. We'll convert your children. 
and make them tolerant and fair. Those are the lyrics to the song of the San Francisco Homosexual Men's Choir. And when people started pointing it out, (laughs) it was just a joke. Two years hence, people are screaming this at the top of their lungs, walking down the street, and they're not backing off from it anymore. They're not saying, it was just a joke. It was never a joke. These people have always been serious. Their target has always been plain. Their agenda has always been open. They just couldn't manifest themselves because there were still laws on the books that certain administrations would have upheld, calling it love. You go report something like this, and you'll be made out to be the the bigot and the homophobe and the xenophobe and the transphobe and whatever else phobe. There's so many phobes. And they've been successful at browbeating people for years. And now they see a little bit of pushback and they don't know what to do with themselves. And so they double down. Rick Levine comes out and goes, make it a summer. Summer of pride. Never mind. You can't contain all this pride in just one month. And with each passing day, even though they're trying to suppress it, every news and media outlet that gets any sort of grant from the government willingly suppresses the fact that crimes are being committed, both against children and adults, that a lot of these individuals are unhinged, and that real damage is being done. Real people are being hurt. And they're being coddled and protected while fathers and mothers just trying to protect their kids, to protect their kids, are being vilified and demonized. Tell me how that makes sense in a Christian nation. Tell me how we can still call ourselves a Christian nation when that occurs. Now, for those of you that continue to believe that we are a free and fair society, that we can still look our noses down upon the Chinese who persecute their people and make demands on their lives they have no right to demand, New York City tells coal and wood-fired pizzerias to cut their carbon emissions by 75%. Indeed. It wasn't enough that these people were a breath away from bankruptcy because of all the lockdowns. Now that they're starting to come out of it just a smidge, they're surviving, New York City has now told 
pizzerias that use coal or wood-burning ovens to slice their carbon emissions by 75% or else face hefty fines. Remember when they talked about banning gas ovens and people were like, yeah, that's a bad idea. And the other side went, no, we're just trying to look out for you. We're just trying to help. We're just helpful all the time. Look, nothing that these people do is harmless or without intent. Everything they do has some sort of hidden agenda behind it. If you don't believe me, just look at all the things that have happened thus far and see the ripple effects of the decisions that they've made. That's all you have to do. Now, if you happen to live in Australia, uh, apparently one of the biggest banks in Australia is now restricting customers to $667 of cash withdrawal. But that's Australia. Do you think it will be any different here? Look, if you think the run on the banks has ceased, that they're not continuing to bleed money, then you really don't understand the position that not only America, but the rest of the world is in. We've been spending money that we don't have on things we don't need while paying interest rates for the privilege of filling our garages and our storage units. And now, no one wants to lend us money anymore, and if they do, it's at an interest rate that'll make your nose bleed. There is a liquidity crunch in the entire world where people no tengo dinero. I don't have the catch. I'm sorry, I don't have the catch. And you can only kick this can down the road so long. At some point, something has to break. Something has to give. And for the household of faith, to pretend as though everything's all right. For the, house of, for the household of faith to pretend as though this is, this is just normal. It's willful ignorance on our part. Because in order for us, when we acknowledge what's going on, we'll have to act on it. Let's just put it out there. As individuals. When we see how close we are to the things that Jesus foretold, then we'll have to get our houses in order. Then we'll have to make sure and certain that our faith is built up. And so, what we do is pretend nothing's happening. Nope, it's all normal. This is the way it should be. And you're sitting there going, how exactly is this the way it should be? Span of two years. 
the godless have been so emboldened that they're actively admitting that they're coming after your kids. Within the span of two years, they're telling you what they're going to do. And the only reason they do that is because they don't think anyone will do anything to stop them. On the other side of the coin, you have government tightening the noose around the neck of the middle class until there will be no middle class because with every new individual that's dependent on government, they have a new voter that is a given. Nobody's going to bite the hand that feeds it. And every single day, you hear of something new that makes you scratch your head. The latest thing, other than the pizza oven thing, is that New York City is ready to hit residents and visitors alike with a congestion charge after federal approval was granted Monday for its first-in-the-nation plan to impose big tolls to drive into the most visited parts of Manhattan. The program could begin as soon as the spring of 2024, bringing New York City into line with places like London, Singapore, and Stockholm that have implemented similar tax impositions on drivers simply going about their everyday business. The news was announced within hours of NYC officials ordering pizzerias that use coal or wood-burning stoves to slice, to slice their carbon emissions by 75% or else face hefty fines all in the name of protecting the environment. So on top of that, uh, New Yorkers, or at least drivers in New York, could be hit with as much as a $23 a day charge to enter Manhattan, south of 60th Street, as part of the plan to get people out of their cars and onto public transport, or start walking rather than driving. This, this is the epitome of social engineering. Take the bus, you don't want to take the train? Well, then we'll make it impossible for you to drive. You don't want to eat locusts? You don't want to eat imitation meat? Then we'll tax real meat to the point that only the elite and Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez will be able to afford it. This is what social engineering looks like. And it doesn't end there. Every facet of society is being jerry-rigged and engineered by nefarious souls. And we've come to the point where, for the most part, people just started self-censoring. Now, the only thing they can do without singling themselves out is what they've done with with Target and and Bud Light and these other companies. Just stop shopping there. 
It's a quiet revolution. Because if you speak up, chances are somebody might hear you, and you'll get a knock on your door. But if you simply stop giving them money, they can't infer anything from that. Why'd you stop spending money? Because I don't have any to spend. Now it's a perfectly legitimate answer, given everything that's happening. Why have you stopped purchasing from us? Because I need to eat. So, you know, priorities, priorities. But in the long term, if people continue to be silent, if people continued to say nothing, if people continue to go along out of fear or expediency, it will just embolden the other side to think that they are in a majority. See, this whole target thing was, was a rude awakening for them. So was Bud Light. They didn't see that one coming. The smartest people in the room, people that get paid millions of dollars to, to do promo campaigns, didn't see that one coming. Because they looked around and nobody was saying anything and everybody was docile. And everybody was, you know, getting their rainbow flags out of the attic. And they thought to themselves, hey, this is a perfect opportunity. Until the silent, angry majority said, no, no more of this nonsense. We're done. My concern, my, my, my biggest issue is that the church is getting lazy, the church is getting tired, the church is getting lukewarm and inconsistent to the point that, uh, what was it, he just had, I don't know if you've heard of this, there, there's some nutter that, that submerged a crucifix in a jar of urine some time ago. Well, and, and I use the term artist very loosely because let's face it, my kids do better. And they're nine and five. But Il Papa, uh, the, the man who, uh, by Catholic standards, is uh, God's representative here on earth, invited the artist who uh, submerged a crucifix in a jar of urine to, to come to the papal estates because why not? While there's no such thing as a good pope since, uh, and again, this article is, is, is biased and I will allow for that. While there's no such thing as a good pope since there are the head of an evil and wicked uh, church, Francis has been particularly noxious and vexatious. Wow, this person likes to use big words. Vexatious. Doing things like affirming the faith of Joe Biden. Yeah. And saying he would never refuse his communion because the president's love for abortion is between him and God. Is it though? Endorsing civil unions for homosexual couples. 
appointing multiple pro-choice people to his pro-life organization, asking pagans to send his, him good vibes, and, uh, and releasing an outrageously blasphemous statement. Andres Serrano was one of 200 hand-picked artists from across the world invited to attend a ceremony at the Sistine Chapel to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the inauguration of the Vatican Museum. And during this, Francis said the following, Thank you for accepting my invitation. I am happy to be with you because the church has always had a relationship with artists that can be described as both natural and special. A natural friendship because artists take seriously the richness of human existence, of our lives in the world and the life of the world, including its contradictions and its tragic aspects. This richness risks disappearing. Well, if, if the extent of the richness is a crucifix in urine, then I hope it disappears. How about them apples? Hmm? This is supposed to be the man closest to God. And yet, here we are. Him welcoming someone exceedingly blasphemous. And apparently conservative Catholics aren't very happy about this. But as with all things, that milk has already been spilled. That bell has already been rung. And this is why consistency matters. Be consistent and you will never be caught unaware. Be consistent in what you affirm. Be consistent in what you denounce. And in doing so, even though the enemy will still do what he does, he will still understand that you're somebody that that he must contend with. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? No, you can be silent and the devil may leave you alone up to a certain point. Or you can stand and you can fight. And you can be vocal about the things that are destroying this nation from the inside out. And as long as you cling to Jesus and as long as he is the source of your authority, The enemy will tremble. Will we be able to stop it? No, because the Bible tells us what the last days will look like. But perhaps we'll be able to slow it down, at least that's something. Sometimes there are no easy answers. Sometimes you have to make a choice between bad and worse. Being silent is worse. I choose to stand. 
because I know that my Redeemer lives. I choose to stand. God has called me to it. You have to make your own choice. All I know is that I thank you for being with us. I ask for your prayers during our trip. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be with you again next week and the week after. Uh, I will be diligent in recording when I can't be live. But the world is not headed in the right direction. And the children of God are not to be dragged along with it. Stand firm on the truth. And know that God will reward you for it. Thank you again. And Gino, if you've got anything to say. Thank you, Mike. Well, we're reminded of the fact that in the last days, very perilous times will come. And we're here. And uh, as Mike said, you know, the church is silent. Much of this goes on without pushback. And uh, who will stand for the Lord? Who will stand in the gap? That's what Isaiah asks. And God asks, actually, in Isaiah, looking for a man to stand in the gap. But then a nation can get so wicked, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, God would still judge. And... uh, Look where America's at. Revelation 18, Babylon has fallen, and in one hour has become a hold of every foul spirit and uncaged bird. Jeremiah 51, 8 through 15, I will fill you with men. Uh, one verse there says, I'll fill you with men as locusts, as caterpillars, and they'll raise a shout against you. That's like the Civil War coming. I really urge you, go to handyhelp.com and read the messages of God that Mike have and Demetrius have from God dreams and visions from God get the word out be a watchman on the wall who keeps blowing a trumpet and be strong in your town and community stand in the gap for Jesus and uh, God says in the you know to be blowing the trumpet to stand in the gap to stand for the faith contend for the faith in Jude deliver to you and I thank God for these shows get the word out about the light of truth broadcast so more people can hear about the radio broadcast and pray for Mike's trip as he asked he's going to go out to the villages I'm sure and be with friends and family pray for me tomorrow tomorrow I have my surgery for my hip I would really appreciate prayer for that and uh but we'll still do the radio broadcast and still come to you to share the words of God, the word of God, and the critical events happening in our times that are happening right now. Thank you so much for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.